One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. You know, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself uh, before we get rolling. Um, I was pretty much um, an alcoholic. Uh, I drank uh, all the time. I, I had a really good job, um, but I discovered that, you know, money wasn't going to fulfill the void in my life. Um, and I, I started to trap the Lord, but I was, a, I was a broken man. And so by the time I was in my mid-30s, um, I don't know, I miraculously got... Uh, uh, into a church and, and got miraculously uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit one night and literally heard the voice of the Lord for the first time in my life. I knew I knew Jesus was real. And that was you know that was the end of my alcoholic days and the rest is kind of history. Um, I kind of got uh, within a matter of weeks. I got thrust into um, different ministries in our church. Um, my pastor, we had an 80-person 80, uh, storefront church. It was a little small. It wasn't much bigger than, <laughs> than what we're in right here, right? Um, and uh, me and another guy got radically set on fire, and we were literally pulling people off the streets. And um, My pastor would have me pray for people, and people would go into deliverance, and people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I didn't know <clears throat> that I had you know, calling or an assignment to the Lord until... I heard the Lord speak to me. And so the major part of my life is really about people truly hearing the voice of the Lord. Because at the end of the day, um, the Lord has books written of every one of you in heaven. He actually has a destiny for you. It's much different than what the world um, insignificantly defined many of us as. Um, And that destiny is really only revealed by the voice of the Lord. Okay? There's a lot of people search, they sit in churches all their life, but until you actually hear the voice and you follow the voice, um, the voice is the only thing that can truly unveil who you really are. Okay? And so, you know, I spent, uh, our our church, um, we went from like 80 people up to almost a thousand, you know, just a couple year period. And we're just in a small 20,000 person town. I mean, it was not big. And so, we got, you know, just a lot of people came through our doors all the time. And I was, uh, I was in charge of deliverance ministry. I was in charge of prophetic ministry. I was in charge of youth. I, I just did all, all kinds of stuff. I, I was basically, you know, uh, the, the, the pastor's right-hand guy. So anyway, um, the Lord called me out of the church, and I really didn't want to leave the church. I was, I was actually angry when the Lord called me out of the church, but... Uh, the Lord had a plan that um, anybody ever had a David season, uh, cave of Abdalon or um, a, a desert. And, you know, I, I really didn't understand that the Lord actually uses a desert to truly unveil who you really are. Because when He sets you aside, there's nothing else going on in your life. And suddenly His voice starts to become so profound because you cry out to Him in a way that you never had to cry out to Him. Okay? And so, you know, I kind of sat, literally I sat, 
I was, you know, I, my, my wife and I, were, our life was the church. We were three, four, five days a week. Deliverance ministry, we had deliverance ministry in our house. Um, we had all this stuff going on three, four, five days a week. Um, and so when the Lord called us out, I mean, we were like, we were looking around like, did we do something wrong, right? Like, what's going on? And, um, anyway, it wasn't until around 2015 um, the Lord started releasing me and, and sending me places. And I've been, um, most of my work, uh, mission work, had been in India. Um, I went to India for about five years. I usually go for about a month uh, um, out of the year. And my days in India, literally, um, you know, from 9 o'clock in the morning till usually midnight, 1 o'clock, um, we would do, um, you know, we'd do three or four churches a day. We would do um, crusades at night. You know, the biggest crusade I've done is like 10,000 people. Um, never in my wildest dreams did I even know that that was a calling. Okay? But one of the coolest things that the Lord had me do, which is really about my focus here with what he has me doing when he sends me places now here in America is that he had me end up working with over 6,000 pastors in India. And the missionaries that went into India in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, most of those missionaries came from denominations that did not really believe in the Holy Spirit, but they brought, they bought the, the, the scriptures. They brought the the, you know, the truth of, of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when the Lord started sending me over there, I mean, I, I, I could, you know, I can tell you stories about pastors showing up to meetings, hundreds of pastors at a time getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. And um, it's, just a, it's just a wild thing. The Lord really revealed my calling um, in that process. Um, and so, um, you know, for the last really three years, uh, I literally, the Lord is birthing something new in America. I don't know if you realize that. All of these, all of these big uh, church organizations that are very superficial, uh, they're not intimate. Uh, the people actually come come in. Um, you know, you have Sunday relationships and different things, but the intimacy of you as an individual learning to hear the voice of the Lord, equipped to know the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, so that your true identity can be revealed. The Lord, I believe, is really doing a, a supernatural work in America because literally, I mean, I got people calling me from coast to coast to do, to do these things. And, it's, and you're like, what do you, why, how did the Lord do that? Well, why, why, you know, why, does the Lord, uh, why did the Lord lead David um, out from under a, a kingship, right? He had to retrain David. Um, to hear his voice and trust his voice to take down giants to do supernatural things, and when um, you know he was when David was ready, right, he was ready to, to lead in a whole different way, right? Um, and so the birth, the birthing there's a rebirthing of the voice of the Lord um, being released um, in, in the people. And so one of the things I wanted to kind of start out with you guys and talk about is, um, you know, the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy is actually a gift that flows out of you hearing the voice of the Lord, right? And so your prayer life is the set, becomes the central theme of a person's life. It's not your church attendance. It's not all these activities. It's not all these other things you do. Um, it's actually about you with the Holy Spirit knowing the voice of the Spirit. Because the voice of the Spirit... Um, when you learn to, to receive the voice of the Spirit, when you learn to call on Him and pull on Him in ways um, that are supernatural, you then become a weapon in the kingdom. Okay? Mm-hmm. You then become something that can go 
and um, awaken people to, to the voice of God, okay? Um, and so my goal here tonight is that you guys, I mean, some of you, um, some of you fluently prophesy, some of you never prophesied before, some of you might have a vision here and there, um, but recently, um, like I was in Vacaville, California, few weeks ago, uh, really cool story about a, a guy calling me out there, got a room full of 40, 50 people in a room, um, and by the end of the weekend, um, when I got there, one person could pray in tongues, none of them knew any gifts of the Spirit, and when I, when I left, over 20 people were prophesying, okay? And so the, the, there's a reawakening of um, the gifts of the Spirit, which is really connected to the voice. And so if you get blips on the radar screen, like if you just get a periodic vision, um, we're going to shift you into seeing visions every day in your life. Amen? Amen. You with me, church? Yeah. If you've never prayed in tongues, we're going to shift you into supernatural prayer language that's going to awaken the gifts of the Spirit. We'll, we'll talk about that more here in a minute. But um, here's the deal. Um I just, I, I want to, you know, it's so, it's so important. The Lord, the Lord is doing such a um, unique work right now in getting, you know, massive numbers of people baptized in the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, I'll just give you a, a few stories, a few India stories, so you kind of get to feel what my life is like. Um, if anybody has read any of my books, you probably, you know, get, got a flavor already, but... Um, you know, like, I'll, I'll give you this one story. So, um, I get invited, uh, my interpreter, uh, in this one area of India, um, you know, he, he, know, he knows me. He was with me all, he's with me all the time. Um, he knows if the Lord tells me to do something, if I'm supposed to, you know, pull up like a chicken or whatever, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what the Lord tells me to do. And so, there's this, there's this group of pastors in this, this one, um, um, area and, um, they, they, they all come in, and uh, my, my interpreter's uh, sitting beside me, and they're kind of doing some praise and worship stuff. And um, I said, uh, I'm sitting there praising worship, and the Lord gives me this vision about this, this man that was sitting in the back corner in the back row. He's sitting there like this. He's got his arms crossed. He's like, he's there, but he really doesn't want to be there. Okay? And I, I look at him. And um, the Lord shows me this picture, and I'll, I'll, I'll simplify the picture. Um, there's a dam that this guy has built in his own life, but there's a river that the Lord wants to, wants to flow out of this guy's belly. Um, uh, and that river was going to flood um, a, a field that had been dried up. And there was going to suddenly be a growth because of this one man, his obedience to the Holy Spirit. And so I'm sitting here, and um, I, I told my interpreter, I said, see that guy back there? This is what the Lord showed me about him. This is what, this is what we're going to do first. Okay? And he looked at me. He looked at me, and it's it, like all the color went out of his face. He goes, you can't do that. I said, what do you mean I can't do that? I said, you know what I do. This is what I do. The Lord gives me vision. That's what he wants to do. He's pointing to that guy. He wants that man to start tonight. Okay? And he says, yeah, but you can't do that. I said, what? I mean, and so he's, he's literally so scared. He's, he's arguing. He goes, you don't understand. That is the head guy. That's like the bishop of the region. And he doesn't let anybody 
use the gifts of the Spirit. He doesn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. He doesn't use anything about tongues or prophecy or anything. Okay? Um, I said, well, guess what, bro? <laughs> That's why that the, the Lord picked that guy. Right? And he goes, all right, all right. I said, trust me, man. Trust me. So long story short, I call the guy up and he, he, he comes up and he stands, he's standing like this. He's like... And I, I, don't, I, I mean, I start to prophesy to this guy. I, I start telling him um, that, that uh, what's going to happen when the Holy Spirit comes upon him um, is that this dry, barren field, which he was pointing to all the pastors, there's 100 pastors in the room, that they all bowed to a, to a zero Holy Spirit theology because the head guy uh, bowed to a zero Holy Spirit theology. Right? And so... And so the point, the point of it is, I speak to this guy, all of a sudden he starts to shake, he starts weeping, he falls to the ground, I lay my hand on him, and all of a sudden out of his mouth, he starts screaming in tongues, okay? The whole group stands up, and I said, who wants the Holy Spirit? And everybody raised, everybody raised their hands. And guess what? I didn't preach that day. We prayed, and all, all, everybody in the room got baptized. Okay, they all started praying in tongues, and um, kind of, kind of, the rest is history. Amen. And you know, the nature of the Holy Spirit. If you really know the nature of the Holy Spirit, He's a hunter. Amen. He's a hunter of of the barren. He's a hunter of of the those who even protect themselves, who, 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 put a, who put a shield up and say, i got one foot in, but I'm not putting both in, right? He sends guys like me to go hunt, hunt you guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> here. <laughs> because here's the deal, if the Lord can do it to me, He can do it to you. I was an alcoholic on one day, and the next day after hearing the voice of the Lord, I'm prophesying and seeing uh, people come weeping at an altar because I witnessed what I experienced in hearing the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, I'll, I'll tell you another story. Um, uh, so, and when, when I was over there, we would, um, they would take me uh, literally like on a Sunday, I would do seven or eight churches in a day, okay? They pick me up, I, I go to church, um, I speak, they take me to another church, and you know, you're, you get pretty exhausted after about the third church, right? I mean, I'm praying for everybody, people are getting filled with the Spirit, and um, so I learned that I'm just going to do, it's easier to get one vision and the Lord do the work than, than, than me have to come up with, you know, ten sermons for the day, Right? One word of knowledge, one one vision can actually do more work than all all of your trying to organize Bible scriptures and you know, all that stuff, right? And so we're you know I'm, I'm, I got my head back, I'm like all right, Lord, what are we doing on this one? And he says, "Woman with the issue of blood." And I'm like, I never preached on that woman with the issue of blood. And so I start going through a couple notes. And anyway, so we pull in we pull into this church in India, and uh, we walk in. And uh, get up, they introduce me. Um, I start to talk, and my interpreter is interpreting what I'm saying. And I said, All right, today, guys, we're going to talk about the woman with the issue of blood. And all of a sudden, um, the pastor and his wife were sitting on the front row. Okay? Um, all of a sudden, she gets up, and they're, they're probably in their mid 
uh, 40s. Um, she gets up and she starts crying and she runs out of the back of the church. Okay, and when she runs out of the back of the church, there's um, all these like four or five um, elderly women. They get up and they run out after her. And I'm standing there, I'm looking around, and the pastor at this point, the pastor, he's sitting here, he stands up and he's looking at me, he's like he's bewildered, man, and, and all of a sudden, I mean, alright, so I'm starting to, I'm kicking back in, I'm starting to, you know, preach, minister, I'm starting to try to get the flow back, pastor doesn't sit down, he's sitting there, he's going like this, he's, he's looking around, all of a sudden he approaches the pulpit, and he comes up, and he, I, I, I see him coming, so I stop. My interpreter bends over to, like, and so they're, all of a sudden, they're like, and I'm like, Because he thinks you had secret information about his wife. I said, what? He goes, he goes his wife um, has bled for almost 20 years. And he's saying, he's asking, how in the world did you know that? Okay? And so, I'm sitting there and my, you know, my interpreter, he's been, he's been through it with me, right? He knows, he knows what, what's going on. Um, and so the, the, you know, I, I said, you know, I said, uh, let me talk to him. So I'm trying, I'm trying to, you know, go back and forth. With him. This is in front of the congregation, okay? And, I, and by, by the way, I should have told you first. Um, usually they take me to, um, you know, Lutheran churches, Baptist churches, um, Catholic churches, any anybody who is kind of void of the Holy Spirit, okay? And so. I'm going back and forth with the, with the pastor, and all of a sudden, through the door, it was like a miracle was answered. Um, in comes the five women with with the pastor's wife, and she's going. She's speaking in Hindi, and she's going. Ah, 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 and and um, the pastor looks at me, and I mean everybody's, and I'm now I'm going. I'm looking at my children, going, "What's she saying? What's going on? What's going on?" And and my my interpreter says. She's healed. She's healed. She's no longer bleeding. She's healed. Okay. The pa the pastor the pastor's like woo like like lit up. Okay. The church got lit up from one word of knowledge. Um, and it opened the door. I just started doing what I do and start talking about the voice of the Lord. Who wants the Holy Spirit? And the whole church gets filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Um, and so people say, well, how how did you learn this whole? voice of the Lord thing? How did you learn to trust um, what the Lord is saying? Better yet, how did you learn to um, pray in a way that you could just hear the Lord so, so quickly? Okay? Those are all good questions, by the way. Um, and so, um, I want to talk to you tonight really about your prayer life um, and how, how to develop uh, the gift of prophecy because Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 14. I said, I wish you all pray in tongues even more that you prophesy. Why? Because prophecy is a product of your prayer life and it edifies the church. It builds. The word edification means builds. It means equip. It means identify. 
right? It means establishes the people in their purpose and calling. Amen? You guys all know your purpose and calling? Yeah. Is anybody like maybe 20% in their purpose and calling? 50%? Right? Do I, do I have the right crowd? <laughs> yeah? You guys okay? All right. This is, this is the, the vision that I have for you guys tonight. Um, as I was, I was praying this morning, we're sitting around the, the table eating last night. Uh, we're just kind of talking. and um, I don't know, I went to bed kind of, kind of excited about you know, the expectation. And um, so I woke up this morning, and this is what the Lord showed me. Um, he showed me all these cars parked out in the front. And um, I, walk, I walked into the driveway, and I saw Jesus, um, like, dressed as a mechanic, and he was underneath the cars. He was dropping the gas tanks. He was drinking the gas tanks. Um, and I said, what are you doing? And he says, well, I'm getting this weak fuel um, out of these gas tanks. And he was, he was, put, he, he was putting this jet fuel um, in, into the tank. Um, and then, and then um, after he reattached the, the gas tanks, he, he opened the hoods of the cars and he started um, putting these blowers and these superchargers um, on, the, on the engines. Um, and then he kind of rearranged the exhaust so that it wouldn't go out the back of the car, but it, it kind of went out the bottom of the car. And he, he said, you want to see how this works? And um, he, he starts the car. And he hits the gas, and all of a sudden the car lifted up in the air. Um, the wind that was coming out of the car actually lifted the car. Okay, the car was no longer bound to the earth. The car was actually lifted by the wind. Okay, so I'm here to prophesy to you that the Lord is here to work on your car, your ministries. Every one of you have a ministry calling. You with, you with me? Yeah. Right? You can tell your neighbor you have a ministry calling. Right? And, and, and the Lord says it's not earthbound, um, but it's lifted. It, it, the, the wind of the Spirit is going to lift your ministry off the ground here tonight. And um, you're going to start, start being moved by the wind instead of being confined to the earth. Right? You're, you're, you're no longer going to be limited by the laws of the earth. Right? Jesus didn't listen to the laws of the earth. Mm -hmm. Jesus heard the voice of the Father and He did supernatural things. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, so, the, so the work of the ministry, the, the purpose of ministry, um, a lot of people have a misconception of ministry, but here's the deal. Once you start hearing the Lord, all you have to do is do what He tells you to do. And the rest is history, man. Literally, the rest is history. So it's not about religious routines and organization. It's actually about hearing, very simply hearing the voice of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And so I want to take you to a couple scriptures. Um, and I should tell you here tonight, I mean, the record of, of my, my latest night doing one of these things, my, my record is like 3.30 in the morning. That was Kansas City last summer. Um, if, if, if any of you are up for that, I'm in. But you know, after this teaching, you know, the majority of what we're going to do here tonight is pray and prophecy and get people activated in their gifts. You guys good with that? Amen. Amen. And so, just so I know, who who here uh, prays in tongues? So a good good number of you. Who here um, gets words of knowledge and prophecy? And, and let, let's do this. Who prophesies every week? 
So a couple you prophesy every week. How about prophesy once a month? Blip on the radar. Blip on the radar screen. So there's a lot of blips on the radar radar screens. All right. So our goal here tonight is to get you fluent in prophecy. Okay. And all prophecy is is if you get his vision, his vision flows out of you. It's called prophecy. Amen. And so let's let's talk about how important Jesus valued the voice of the Father, which is the dream, the vision of the Holy Spirit. Okay. John five nineteen. In John 5.19, Jesus said, I only do what I see my Father doing. Right? He was talking about going into prayer, getting the vision of the Holy Spirit, and it confounded the Pharisees. Right? The Pharisees, the Pharisees knew what the Scripture said, and Jesus said, you, you're, you're, you're blind. You can't even see me. I, I function with a living spirit, an operating system that is not of this world. I, I have access to it. And when, I, when the Lord tells me to go to the woman at the well, the woman at the well gets waylaid in the Holy Spirit and the whole city gets dusted right in the, in the Holy Spirit, right? The next day he gets up and he goes uh, to, to feed the 5,000. And then he goes to the demoniac, right? Those are all strategic according to the vision of, of the Holy Spirit. He says, I only do what I see my Father doing. And the, the command of Christ... Um, if you look through the commands of Christ, you can get lost very easily through if, through religious eyes and religious direction. So you have to have spiritual eyes to truly understand what Jesus was actually saying. So there's two there's two scriptures I want to focus on here tonight. Um, John twelve forty six says this: I have come as the light of the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. If anybody hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I do not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges me, or which judges him. And the word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. Now the interesting thing about this scripture is the word word there is the is the word rhema. Okay? He, anyone who hears my words, he's not talking about Scripture. He's talking about a relationship and hears his words. So he's putting value on his words. He says, anybody who hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. So he's, what he's actually saying is, I give you opportunity to enter into a supernatural life by giving you vision. Okay? By giving you dreams, by giving you supernatural abilities. Right? Dave Cuppet did not know that that uh, woman in that church in India had an issue of blood. Okay? But I was given a word, a vision, right? And an assignment to just be faithful to enter into something supernatural. If I would have chosen, eh, I don't know much about the woman with the issue of blood. I'm going to pull out one of my old messages that I knew how to preach. Right? Right? Can you discern between something that's alive in church and something that's dead in church? Yes. Ever just sit there and Is there anything ever going to move in this place? No? Huh? And so here's, here's the deal, guys. Jesus is not here to... He's saying, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not, there's not going to be a judgment upon you if you don't do it but you're actually missing the opportunity to become supernatural. Okay? 
He goes, on to, he goes on to say this, and this is a very important point. Verse 49, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command of what I should say and what I should speak. The word command there is the word... Is it Scripture? <laughs> I'm making a point. The word command there is actually the word telos. It's actually the Greek word telos. It actually means the Lord knows what's ahead and He's giving you a telescope to see it. Okay? And when He, if he lets you see it, He's going to do it. Mm-hmm. The word telos actually means the vision, the, vision, the prophecy of the Lord, the, the Lord actually revealing to you secret information, supernatural revelation that if you enter into it, you get to release the supernatural on earth. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. So this whole command thing is a big deal because when you read commandments in the, New, in the New Testament, a lot of people default to that and they say, well, that's Scripture. I have to do Scripture. And I ask you this. How do you do Scripture? What do you sit there and you go, oh, oh. You actually make yourself do Scripture? I'm, I'm being kind of tongue-in-cheek there. I'm, but here's the deal. I'm emphasizing... The, the, the call of Christ to enter into the supernatural because He has a command for every one of us and it's not simply words on paper. Okay? He has vision to give every one of us. He, has, he said He would make His church supernatural. You would be an army. You would be made of, of the power of the Holy Spirit and you would do things that are unexplainable, uncontrollable, undeniable, right? People, people would weep and shake because they, say, they would say, surely God, Christ is among you. Amen? Amen. And so, i got to ask you this question. Do, do, you, do you simply settle for the love letter or do you want the lover? You want the author of the love letter. Scripture is true, but the author of the love letter actually has a book that's also written of you. There are books written of you. There are, there's a destiny that the Lord, um, uh, before the foundations of the earth, He wrote about you. That you would do these exploits, these supernatural things. Amen? And he puts such an emphasis on it because he's, he's pointing, pointing us back to, um, and I'll, I'll say verse 49 again, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command. Okay? And he goes on in verse 50, he says, and I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, I speak. So what he's talking about here is that Jesus doesn't just do randomly random things. Jesus' life was orchestrated by the Spirit. It was mapped. It was predestined. It was established beforehand. Right? It says that we were actually predestined beforehand. Are you in Christ? Right? Then you have a predestiny just like Christ. It's, it's, it's revealing the fact that all Jesus had to do was hear, get vision, and go do it. Right? So I have to ask you a question, church. Is your life centered on Sunday mornings and doing the routines, the things that kind of check the box, or is your life centered on rolling over at 5.30 and beating on heaven's door and saying, I need my man, O Lord. I need to hear your voice. I need 
to be empowered by your spirit today. I need to know what's ahead of me. I need to know what my assignment is this week. I need to know what city I'm going to tomorrow. I need to know what nation I'm going to next month. Amen? What's my assignment? Amen? So, so you realize that if He gives you vision, you're sent to prophesy. You're sent to actually go do it. Right? Do you know you were born to prophesy? Yeah. Everyone you were born to prophesy. It's not like an option. It's not like Christ, Christ isn't like, well, I'll take Jesus and then I'll treat, I'll treat the gifts of the Spirit like um, bolt-on options like, do you want air conditioning in your car or not? Yeah, you don't need air conditioning. <laughs> you got the vehicle. You don't need the air conditioning. Well, you know what? If, if that's your choice, that's, that's your choice. But you'll never enter into your supernatural life if you choose to drive a car without air conditioning, um, power steering, power windows, um, a souped-up uh, engine with a blower on it, uh, gas that's not normal gas, it's actually jet fuel and an exhaust system that lifts you off the earth. Amen? You guys okay? Look to your neighbor and say, you were born to prophesy. You were born to prophesy. Come on, tell him, you were born to prophesy. Come on, tell him, you were born to prophesy. You were born to prophesy. That's right, you were born to prophesy. Alright, so let me let me go let me hit this topic one more time. Because Jesus, Jesus beats on this topic if, if you can see it in scripture, okay? John 14, uh, starting with verse 16. He says, And I will pray to the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Verse 20, In that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments, guess what? That's the word telos. The vision, the dream, the prophetic direction of the Lord. He who has my commandments is and keeps them is he who loves me. No, wait a minute. Most of you have been taught if you keep his commandments, if you keep his ten commandments, right? They, they off, many of you are often taught, well, if you keep the scriptures, if you keep it, you know that's a cop-out? It's a cop-out. Because it doesn't require a relationship. Jesus wants a relationship. He doesn't want an, an, an achiever. He doesn't want a performer. He doesn't want a guy that tries to get 8 out of 10 or 20 out of, out of 28. He wants a person that simply learns to pray and hear and go. Amen? My gosh. You realize how important this, this one revelation is. I know, you know, why does, why does the Lord send a guy like me in the churches who, who kind of teeter? Most of the churches that I get sent to are uh, fall into this category. They're like, they're kind of stepping into the spirit world, but they have Jesus. But mm, this Holy Spirit thing is kind of an optional thing. Mm. Do you realize that Jesus actually told His church, don't try to go do it without my Spirit? Right? Luke, Luke 24, 49, He says, um, Behold, I send the promise of the Father. Do not leave this city until I send the power of my Spirit upon you. Don't fake it. You can sit there all day and say, I believe in Jesus. 
Ah, ah, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, where's the power in your life? Where is the power in your life? You have to ask the question, where is the voice flowing in your life? Because it's the voice of God that creates. It's the voice of God that, that moves the darkness out of the way. It's the voice of the Lord that does supernatural things. Amen? So let me read it again to you. In that day you will know that I am in the Father, you and me, and I in you. That means we're all one in the Spirit of God. <coughs> baptized in the Holy Ghost. You know what the word baptized means? It actually means all in. Not 50% in. 50 50% in the world. It's like all in, immersed in the Holy Spirit. Actually saturated in the Holy Spirit. Say this with me. Say Holy Ghost. No more 50%. No more 50%. I'm giving you my whole heart. I want your whole spirit. Baptize me. I want it all. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So he who has my telos, my commandments, my prophetic voice, and keeps them as He who loves me. And again, most of you were taught you just do the best you can with the Scriptures. Because after all, you went to the altar and repented, right? Do you know, the, do you know that there's actually two baptisms? If you go to the altar and repent, that's, just, that's actually just a recognition of a need for Christ. The actual baptism of Christ is the baptism of the power of the Holy Spirit. You actually step into His Spirit. You actually step into a supernatural life. You're no longer trying to get there. You actually die and step into Him living through you. Amen. 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 You actually have to die of your own religious fruition and all of your inabilities and what you can't do. And you actually say, I'm dead so you can live. Baptize me in your power and I'm not moving until you speak to me. And all of a sudden he walks into your life and BAM! The next day you're going down the street and people are getting healed. Then you're going down this place and somebody's getting a demon cast out of them. Right? Isn't that what Jesus said? Jesus, Jesus actually said in Mark 16, He said, go to the world and preach the gospel and these signs will follow you. Not maybe, not just by 10% of the people, not just by the guy standing in a pulpit, but these signs will follow you. You will cast out demons. Tell your neighbor, you will cast out demons. You will cast out demons. It also says you will pray in tongues. You should look that one up. Those of you who, who've refused the gift of the Spirit and said, yeah, I don't need that whole tongue thing. Jesus actually said, you will pray in tongues. You will do it my way. You will come to me in the power that I give you. You have to die so that I can live. He said you'll drink poison. You'll, you'll do supernatural things. you even drink poison and not be harmed. You'll lay hands on the sick and they'll rise up. Amen? Amen. Are you with me, church? Amen. Amen. So how many demons are you going to cast out next week? How many people are you going to baptize in the Holy Ghost? Come on, come on. We're giving you a new vision. We're giving you a new vision. Your, your job is not to take up a church pew and put a grease mark on, on that. <laughs> but here's the deal. Um, continue on in that verse. And he, and he who loves me 
will be loved by my Father. So Jesus connects love with obedience to His voice, His telos, His commands. Okay? And He promises, He says, I will love Him and manifest myself to Him. Who's been visited by an angel? Couple people. Who's been who's been taken to heaven? Who who has who had Jesus come into your dream and say, "Do this, don't do this"? That's a visitation, right? Jesus said, "I would manifest myself to you." Okay. So he's actually he's actually connecting um, this love and reliance, this pulling on him to speak to you that he promises to manifest himself to you. Amen? Amen. So say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I want my visitation. I want my visitation. I want you to visit me. I want you to visit me. I want angels to visit me. I want angels to visit me. With messages from your throne room. I want to be taken to heaven. I want to be taken to heaven. I want to see the angels in heaven. I want to see the angels in heaven. I want to see the, the glory in heaven. I want to see the glory in heaven. That I may bring it here on earth. That I may bring it here on earth. Amen. Scriptural, right? Jesus said, "Whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth has already been loosed in heaven." You know that you can't loose on earth if you haven't encountered it. You have nothing to give until you encounter Him. That's why your prayer life is the centerpiece of your of your life. Okay. And so, in 2000, uh, at the end of 2011, the Lord came to me. Um, and he, he says this, and, and you know, I, I, I had been leading the church for six years at that point, um, teaching all the prophetic stuff, leading all the deliverance ministry, and equipping, and the Lord came to me right before he led me out into my Abdelon, cave of Abdelon season, and my wilderness season, he, he said, I want you to pray in tongues for six hours a day. Well, and I'm like, Lord, I mean, at the time, I'm a global director. I'm, I'm crisscrossing the globe. I've got chemical plants in like 15 countries. I'm like, how? how, how? How's this going to happen? And he just said, I want you to pray in tongues for six hours a day for the next year. And I start, I, all I can tell you is my normal prayer life was two to three hours a day. I'm always, I'm up at, at 4.30 or 5 when I'm not ministering places, not staying up late. My normal life is, um, I, I usually get up around 4.35, I pray in tongues, and I just start to write what the Lord's showing me. And when I start to write what the Lord's showing me, and then I start prophesying what the Lord's showing me, and I can tell you long before I went to India, He showed me India. Right? Long before He, he started sending me um, across the United States, He showed me places that I would minister in the United States. Okay, and so my that was my normal prayer life. And so when he came to me and he says, "All right, we're up in the and I want you to pray six hours a day in tongues," I'm like, "How's this going to happen?" So I start doing it, and um, I won't go go into all the detail, but I literally could spend all night talking about what happened. But long story short, um, I started having these very long encounters with the Lord. Um, you literally get saturated in the presence of the Lord, and it's like it's like the limitations of the earth get literally ripped out of the way as you get saturated in, into the presence of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, I mean, I 
the Lord, Jesus would show up in my prayer room and He would introduce me to angels. This angel does this. This is what He's going to do when He's in the room with you. This angel does this. He's, he's going to do this when you, when you fight principalities and, and powers and rulers of darkness. And He started introducing me to all this stuff. And you may say, you may say well, that's, that's kind of like Spider-Man or, or Superman stuff, right? I mean, that's kind of crazy. But you know what? All I did was obey His command, His telos, and I got to enter in to encounter Him in ways that I never would have encountered Him before. Because what He was doing was equipping me for India. He was equipping me to do something that I had yet not been equipped for. I had, I, I, up until, um, up until um, 2011, I could, I could stand in worship and I could periodically get a vision. And when I would get a vision, I would prophesy it to a person. Okay, but I could not stand in front of 50 or 100 people. And when I stand in front, of the vision of the Lord would come upon me. I couldn't do it. Okay. But during that season of praying in tongues for six hours a day, the Lord took me to heaven. And I'm not going to tell you, tell you the whole story. But when He took me to heaven, um, the last thing he, he said to me, that He breathed on me, and He said, tell my people that if they believe my prophetic word, they will experience their portion. Yes. And suddenly this gift, this, this assignment to prophesy was on me. And when I came back, all I can tell you is, um, anybody that stands in front of me, the Lord starts to speak to me about them, and I can prophesy to them. Okay? It was a gift that was imparted to me in a heavenly encounter. I, the day before, I couldn't do it. After Jesus encountered me and blew on me, the wind came upon me in heaven, a new baptism came on me, and I could prophesy over anybody. Okay? I can stand here for the next 24 hours and whoever you bring through the door, I'll prophesy to them. Okay? And I'm not saying that um, to brag or anything. I'm actually testifying to you that I couldn't do it before Jesus imparted something to me. Right. Okay? I functioned in a gift and then I, I, I started functioning in a sign. Okay? And so, let's talk about the gifts of the Spirit here real quick. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14 says this, uh, Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Tell your neighbor you are going to prophesy. Pursue love. Right? You're, you're supposed to pursue the presence of the Lord, pursuing the Holy Spirit. Right? Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts. You're supposed to desire them. Right? Every one of them are to flow through you. The, the, the natural outcrop of a relationship with the Spirit is that the power of the Spirit begins to flow out of you. Amen? Amen. And I'm going to go on 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. Why is that? Tongues are the avenue by which every gift of the Spirit is awakened. Okay? So when you pray, when you begin to pray in tongues, every gift will be activated as you enter into a deep presence, a relational presence with the Lord. Okay, now I'll get into that here in a minute. But the point of this is that Paul is saying, I want you all, right? He's saying, I wish you all, right? He, he's imploring his heart. 
you should desire to pray in tongues with the expectation that you'll prophesy. Why is that? Because the example when the wind came on the day of Pentecost, it says that what happened? They started praying in tongues. They started to prophesy. And then they got so intoxicated in the presence of the Lord, they poured out into the street and they thought they were drunk. Right? They thought they said, you guys are not of this world. You've been, you've been drinking the, the, the little dingy dingy, right? Um, <coughs> whatever you guys have been doing. Um, you get the point though. Um, but, but the deal is this. Um, the pattern of Pentecost is still the pattern. The pattern of Pentecost is still the pattern. Jesus is actually saying, just like He said to the early church, stay here, don't, go to, go, don't even try to do it until I pour out My Spirit upon you. Because it's the Spirit that gives life. You know in the early church, they didn't even have a Bible. They had no New Testament. They had nothing. The only evidence was they could speak what the Holy Spirit was speaking to them, and a miracle happened here, a supernatural deliverance happens over here, a, a um, healing happens over here, right? The evidence was the power. What's, what's the evidence in today's church? Well, you just have to come in and sit down and breathe. Put a little money in the bucket. Huh? Come on, I know I'm, I'm hitting some sacred cows. But the reality, you know, gee, come, on. come on, man. The, the, the reality is the evidence of power in your life. Right? Yeah. Who knows somebody right now that needs healed? Who knows somebody right now that needs deliverance? That you know that they have a demon? What are you waiting for? Come on. Come on, what are you waiting for? You're the army of the Lord, right? If you, if you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're the army of the Lord. If you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then there's potential. <laughs> Come on, we're not, we're not pulling any punches here, baby. Because I lived the life. I knew what it was like. I would say things like, yeah, I know Jesus. I know Jesus, yeah. And I'd chug my, my, my path of case. Right? I know Jesus. And there was no power. I needed somebody to deliver me. I needed, a, I needed a prophet to come and call me out of an audience and literally begin to prophesy over me. And I started to shake. I, I, I fall to the ground. I get up and tongues come out of my mouth. And I'm never the same again. I needed somebody to come and prophesy over me. I needed somebody to lay their hands on me. I needed somebody to shake the living daylights out of me. Do you know the world needs the army of the Lord? And that's why you were born to prophesy. You weren't born to sit in a chair. You weren't born to sit there and convince yourself you're good because you've been really good this week. Good doesn't count. The Lord actually says, the Scripture says, there's nobody good. It doesn't matter. There's nobody good. And the reason why I emphasize what the word commandment means is because it's connected to a love affair. It's connected to a burning because the power of the Holy Spirit came upon you and you hear Him so profoundly that you're getting, you can't wait for the next thing He's going to tell you. How many people in Houston, Lord, are going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit tonight? How many people are going to start casting demons out of people? Come on, Lord, just give me one. Just give me one who will shake a city. 
You know why I crisscrossed the United States right now? Because that was my prayer. Just send me the one, Lord. And you know what he told me when he started sending me? He said, I want you to do this. You feel the presence of the Lord falling on this place? He says this to me. He says, I want you to pray to be sent to the woman at the well when the man changed the tombs. And I'm going to give you what you asked for. I said, let's go, baby. And the next thing you know, my phone starts ringing. Guys like Larry start calling me. You mean you really come to Houston? Heck yeah. If we get one person in here baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying and tongues, running down the street, yeah. casting demons out of people, instead of sitting there thinking they're saved. Right? My question is, are you baptized? Are you truly, I'm not talking dumping water and confessing. I'm talking, are you baptized and you died and now He lives because power is coming out of your life? Amen? Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, The kingdom of heaven is not in word, but in power. Talk cheap, guys. You can sit there and make yourself feel good all day long. But the evidence is, are people getting healed around you? Are people getting delivered around you? Are you raising dead? Are you ra- are, are you anybody here raising dead yet? <coughs> Why not? Come on, there's people dying all, all over the place. You think I'm crazy, man? I'm telling you what. Huh? I'm telling you what. You see, the Lord, the Lord is the Lord is going to shake people. Okay, the Lord's changing your view. Amen. Amen. And and here's here's where I want to connect this, um, because the voice of the Spirit is actually what is described in the Bible as the gifts of the Spirit. You're, in your prayer room, the voice of God should be present all the time. Okay, and out of that, the gifts of the Spirit flow. The, the what, what the gifts of the Spirit are is it's the voice, it's the evidence of the voice of God in your life. Okay? 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brother, and I do not want you to be ignorant. The word spiritual there, you see, it's italicized. It's actually the word nematicos. It means the wind. Now concerning the wind, concerning the outpour of the Spirit, I do not want you to be ignorant. Do not be ignorant. He's saying don't fake it. Don't try to do it without the wind. Don't be ignorant. Because the wind of the Spirit is evidence of His presence. Amen? Amen? And so he goes on in, in 1 Corinthians 12 and he says there's prophecy, there's words of knowledge, there's healing, there's discerning of spirits, right? There's wisdom and faith, tongues, interpretation of tongues, words of knowledge, prophecy, right? Working of miracles, healing. Those gifts are a product of you submitted and then going to do it. You're subject to His command. I remember when I first started to get visions and words of knowledge, I used to shake and tremble because I had to go make myself vulnerable. And, and uh, we, I would stand up in front, in front of the church and say, I saw this, and the Lord's going to do that. And I would see people cry and shake. And pretty soon, when after those experiences, instead of me trembling, I used to salivate. I used to salivate for what the Lord was going to show me. Whether it was in the workplace, or whether the Lord was whether it was on the street, whether it was in the church. I used to I used to stand in praise and worship in the back of the church and I would I would I would say, All right, Lord, who came in here broken? Who's in need? Who needs your touch tonight? Who needs delivered tonight? Who needs a demon cast out of tonight? And shut my eyes and he, he would start to point me to people and start giving me these visions. And the next thing you know, 
you know what, church would end on 9 o'clock on Wednesday or 9 o'clock on Saturday. You know what time we would get home? <coughs> 1, 2 a.m. every week. Because we, me and another guy, we would literally go, run through the church and grab every person we had a vision of and we'd say, we got something for you at the church. And word started to spread. What does Dave Cuppet have to say to me tonight? And, and I literally, whoever I would grab, they'd stay there and we would minister to people for hours. Mm-hmm. Casting demons out of people, um, praying for people to get healed, right? You guys want to get activated in the Holy Ghost? Amen. Yeah? You, you're, tired, you're tired of just going through the motions? I know some of you guys you get connected with some groups and stuff, and you kind of wait for the organization to do all the work. What keeps you from having Holy Ghost meetings in your house? What keeps you from having deliverance ministries in your house? What keeps you? You know, the early church was out of a house. Amen? It wasn't in the church organization with this big approval process. Yeah, I don't know about that. We don't really do that. We don't condone that. Well, if Jesus is telling you to do it, guess what? I authorize you in the name of Jesus. Do what Jesus is telling you to do. You don't need a man to tell you yes or tell you no or what you're going to bow to or what you're going to look good. If Jesus told you to do it, guess what? You better go do it, baby. I have the fear of the Lord on me. And if I don't do it, my God. I, I, if, when the Lord started training me, I would lay in bed. One night, He, he gave me this dream. Or he, gave, he woke me up and He said, I want you to go down um, to the convenience store. There's a person there. And then... I, I, I was like, I, I sat there, I'm laying there, and guess what? I didn't go. I didn't go. I didn't sleep that whole night. I did not sleep that whole night. I tossed and turned, and he taught me a lesson. Guess what? A week later, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm begging for him to say Come on, Lord, I have to go. I have to make myself good. Right? A couple weeks later, he sent me to another convenience store. And that's how my relationship of dependence, and that's where these revelations of what a command is. He's actually, in the the New Testament, the word command in most places is is the word telos. It means the relational voice, the rhema word of God, the dream, the vision, the direct voice. Get your butt out of bed. I don't care what time it is. And go do what I'm telling you to do. There's a girl down there. She's broken. She uh, has no money. And um, you need to take $100 with you and pray for her. Yes, Lord. What, what, would your, what would your world look like if you truly weren't church dependent, but you were voice dependent? And yes, I am saying that. Because the curse on America is that you're church dependent instead of being voice dependent. You were never meant to be church dependent. You are the church. You are a one church. And you say, well, what gives you the right to say that? You know why I said that? Didn't Jesus um, say that I will dwell in you? Mm-hmm. You know who Jesus is? He's the son of David. You know why Jesus was called the son of David? Because the heart of David chased the Lord so profoundly that he actually hunted the presence of the Lord. He birthed Zion. He birthed the presence of the Lord in Zion where people in a time where they were literally supposed to go to the synagogue came and wept in the presence of the Lord. And and, and when it came time, David said this in 2 Samuel 7. He said, the Lord has nowhere to rest His head. Let's build Him a house. Right? 
And he, he goes to bed that night and the Lord wakes the prophet up and says, you go tell David, you'll not build me a house. I'm making you my house. You are my house. You are my church. You are the place I reside. You are my resting place. You are the one that I've chosen to make supernatural. And you know what? We've been, we've been trained to be organization-centric. We've been trained to be, you know, I have to depend on this organization. I have to depend on that. No, you don't. You know what the Lord wants? He wants somebody's heart to chase him so profoundly with a prayer life that you, He makes you something supernatural. That's right. Amen? He makes you a supernatural one. He's not looking for you to fit in. He's looking for you to burn. And you know what the big organization makes you do? It makes you conform to the, to the middle, the mediocrity. You weren't born in Christ to be mediocre. Amen. You were born in Christ to be a supernatural one, a one-man army that can raise the dead, heal the sick, and cast out demons. Yes. Amen? Amen? You guys okay? Yes. <laughs> so here's the kicker. I want to I talk to you a minute about tongues because a lot of people don't understand tongues. If I gave you a quiz right now, how many, how many of you could pass a, a 50 question uh, test on tongues? <laughs> Don't raise your hands. Um, here's the deal about tongues. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, I wish you all pray in tongues, even more than you prophesy. Right? And he goes on and he references a scripture in Isaiah 28 um, to explain the importance of praying in tongues. In Isaiah 28, verse 9, I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to quote this out of the Amplified. The Lord says, To whom will I teach knowledge? The word knowledge there actually means who will I encounter? Who will I manifest myself to? Who will I reveal my secrets to? So he's talking about who will I personally teach? Who is willing to step away from trying to learn their scriptures and memorize their stuff? Who will rely on me, the living God, to teach them? Okay? He goes on in verse 10 and he says, Isn't the guy standing in the pulpit, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little? He's actually saying, Isn't the guy quoting scripture to you? Verse 11 says this it says, No. I will teach you. I will teach you with a stammering lip in another tongue. I will teach you with a stammering lip in another tongue. I am your teacher, says the Lord. And you've settled for a love letter instead of coming to your lover. The one who died for you, the one who swore that he lives, the one who said, I will manifest myself to you. You've settled for a love letter instead of coming to the lover. That's pretty scary. Yeah. Because the bulk of the church has been settled on learning your scriptures and getting good articulate messages. And the Lord says, I'm done with that in my nation called the United States of America. I'm awaking people up and come to me in my spirit because that is why I gave my spirit to you. And here's the picture. Here's the prophetic picture of that scripture. You know, the, the Jewish language is, is a picture language, right? And the Jewish language of, of uh, verse 11, Isaiah 28, verse 11, I will teach you with a stammering lip and another tongue. The picture of, the, of that scripture is a picture of a baby crying out for its mother's mouth. 
Does the, baby, does, does the mother have to think when it hears the baby cry? Yeah. What happens? Guess what? Mom's got a wet shirt. Where, where's he at? Get, get, Bob, get the baby! Right? Get the baby! And so the picture the Lord is saying is if you cry out to me with a stammering lip and another tongue, I cannot resist you. The milk will flow. The milk will flow. The milk coming out of heaven will flow if you come to me the way I equip you. And that is why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important. It's crucial. It's not optional. It's crucial. I don't care how many times you've got dumped under water and you confess Jesus as your Lord. If you don't have the power of the Spirit, you probably have no idea how to pray. You know, that's the number one thing that I get when I go places. Why don't you pray? Well, I try for two minutes. I just go, go off all these thoughts. I just go all these different places. Do you know why? Because man was never meant to go into prayer to know what to pray. He was meant to go into prayer to cry out in the Holy Ghost, to pray in tongues, and the Lord would literally release milk to you, and you would get visions, and you would say, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to prophesy for Billy Bob. He's bound, and the Lord's going to do this in the name of Jesus. And you go into your prayer room being a place of knowing He's going to speak to you, because you go in with a heart cry called the Holy Spirit who prays through you. Amen? Amen. Amen. You with me, church? Yes. Are you ready to change your prayer life? Amen. Amen. You should be the most powerful force on earth. There should be no excuses. I don't care what comes against you. I don't care what sickness comes against you. I don't care who tries to stop you. You know the God of gods. You know the King of kings. You know the one who will respond to you. You know the one who promised you that if you pray in His Spirit, He will come. Not if, not maybe. He will. My God, you can't lose. Do you realize you can't lose? When a person really believes they can't lose, they start acting like they can't lose. They stop being good little church people and they just sit there with their grease mark on their, on their things and I hope it's a good sermon today. Instead, they, they literally, I am the church. Come on, tell your neighbor, you are the church. You are the church. Romans 8.26 says this, For we do not, do not know what to pray for as we ought. Is that you? Right. Say, yeah, that's me. Right. I have no idea what I'm supposed to pray for right now. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession through us with groanings we don't understand. Right? Verse 27, Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Wait a minute. If the Holy Spirit is in you, and you submit to the way of the Spirit, I don't know what I'm praying, but I'm trusting the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit is praying through you, and the mind of the Spirit is interpreting your soul, is interpreting your need, who is He? You should get this out. You should have your Bible out. Verse, verse 27, He who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is. He is Christ, sitting on the right hand of the Father, interceding for you day and night, who is in unison with the Holy Spirit, waiting for you. Waiting for you. You start praying. And my God, not only do you have the Holy Spirit praying through you, you've got the King of Kings at the right hand of the Father saying, go, baby, go, go, go. Right? And He starts flooding you with visions. He starts flooding you with abilities. Flooding you with miracle power. 
now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the perfect will of God. You know when you pray in tongues, you pray the perfect will of God, you have no idea. No idea. You literally have no excuses. None. You just have to submit to the Spirit and you have no excuses. I died so that Christ could live. The one who he said who would baptize me and I would die and in that baptism the Holy Spirit would come out of me. And I'm like, God, this is what the Lord says to you. This is what the Lord says to you. This is what the Lord says to you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Anybody ready to pray in the Holy Ghost? <laughs> this is like jumpstart to Harley, right? You guys know that when you kickstart a Harley, it takes a couple times. But when it kicks over, it purrs, baby, right? <clears throat> it purrs. All right, so here, here's the deal. Tongues is a spiritual gift. It's not you who pray, it's the Spirit prays in you. So the activation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is about you learning to transition from being um, a mind-driven guy to a Spirit-driven guy, okay? And, and I'm going to coach you through some words. I'm going to pray and have you... Repeat after me. You're actually going to be using your mind, okay? But what's going to happen is you're going to feel a burning in your belly. Some of you are already even feeling a lump in your throat. Um, that's the activation of the Holy Spirit. And um, what happens is it literally just starts to flow out of you, okay? Have all you guys heard tongues other than me praying here tonight? Right? I mean, it just flows. Shalabasotebriyadabasitemenekebriyanonamasate. Alright? Alright, so here's the deal. Um, Lord, I just I pray right now, Lord, that these people become weapons in your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you would put a burning unction in them, that they would pray without ceasing. Jesus, your command was for your church to pray without ceasing. Lord, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to be so profoundly poured out on these people today that they would shake, that they would get up off the ground, Lord, decreeing that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord, I pray for every person here, Lord, that that every gift of the Spirit, that prophecy, tongues, that uh, interpretation of tongues, that words of knowledge, wisdom, faith, Lord, the working of miracles, signs and wonders, Lord, let everything that you commanded, Lord, that you said would happen, Lord, let it come, Lord, upon every person here, right now, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.